Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2363 with a release date of Friday, February 10th, 2023 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Ham step in as tremors rock Turkey and Syria. A tough beginning on Bouvet Island. And one radio repeater devotes itself to America's big football weekend. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2363 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Wadsworth, Ohio, here's Stefan Kenford, N8WB. We begin this week with a developing story. A 7.8 magnitude earthquake shook southern Turkey, northern Syria, and neighboring regions on Monday, February 6th. As the death and casualty counts continue to rise, Amid aftershocks, hams deepen their involvement in emergency response. Jeremy Boot, G4NGH, gives us the details. Newsline had at production time. With the death toll well into the thousands and many more injured in the massive 7.8 magnitude earthquake that shook the region along the borders of Syria and Turkey, Aziz Sasa, TA1E, president of IARU member society TRAC, arrived at the disaster area shortly after the 6th of February. He assisted with frequency coordination for the teams carrying out search operations. Aziz has been in touch with the IARU region's emergency communications coordinator, Greg Mossop, G0DUB, who provided additional details to Newsline. Radio has played a pivotal role here on many levels. Other nations have also responded. Search and rescue teams from Georgia and Bosnia-Herzegovina arrived with hams among the group. Romania's team had no amateurs in theirs, but was making use of communications equipment supplied by one of its amateur radio emergency groups. The Turkish Emergency Communications Group was on VHF and UHF frequencies, but also making use of 3.777 and 7.092 MHz as needed. Little was known at the time of writing about the level of response in Syria. Newsline will continue to follow this developing story. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Troublesome weather conditions plagued the Bouvet Island de-expedition 3Y0J during its first days on the air, but the camp came through the high winds of February 8th without issues after it was secured. One member wrote on dxworld.net that it was, quote, the most extreme expedition I've been to, end quote. There were also reports of a call sign being pirated, so those who believe they had worked the island will only know for sure from the team's uploaded logs on the weekend of February 10th. While doing the uploads on the boat, they will restock their essential food to enable them to continue the de-expedition for another week. The team has added two streams of FT8 in foxhound mode. Chasers were advised to not work the team on FT8 if they already logged a contact on CW or SSB. The West Coast pilot station, Rich KE1B, said that the team has scaled back its expectations in response to its current challenges. Operators had intended to log 200,000 QSOs from the island, but according to Rich, quote, the team will be lucky to get 20,000 QSOs instead. As Orlando Hamcation was about to get underway in Florida on Friday, February 10th, the ham radio community there was grieving one of its leaders and top organizers. We hear those details from Jack Parker, W8ISH. 
Raymond Paul Richard, W4RPR of Ocala, Florida, grew up in Michigan where he became an active amateur radio operator at the age of 14. A generous donor and life member of the ARRL, he belonged to its Maxim Society, a group whose membership comprises ARRL benefactors. At the time of his death on January 30th, at the age of 65, Ray was serving as advanced ticket chairman for Hamcation, which is also the ARRL Southeastern Division Convention. He was active in the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and had previously served as its membership chairman. His range of work on behalf of the club earned him the group's KB4UT Wayne Nelson Amateur of the Year Award in 2019. The award is named for the club's former president, who became a silent key in 2001. This is Jack Parker, W8ISH. Imagine being able to transmit without having to rely on a battery or some other external power source. Well... A group of researchers in Washington State did more than imagine it. We hear the details from Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. A research team in Washington State has developed a prototype of wireless communication that enables a signal to be transmitted by relying on a byproduct of its circuitry's electrical resistance instead of any external source of power. This new system differs from previous so-called passive wireless and backscatter communication systems because unlike its predecessors, it does not need to make use of sunlight, broadcast TV signals, or ambient temperature differences to provide it with power. The electrical resistance it uses is instead known as Johnson noise, the name given to the charge that electrically conductive materials generate within themselves. The University of Washington prototype, like its predecessors, can function on very little power. The wireless and power-free transmission occurs through the opening and closing of a switch, a transistor that connects the antenna to a resistor. Findings by the university development team were released by the university and published as well on the Hackaday website and by the news organization known as The Conversation. The researchers write on the university website, quote, Our system, combined with techniques for harvesting energy from the environment, could lead to all manner of devices that transmit data, including tiny sensors and implanted medical devices without needing batteries or other power sources. These include sensors for smart agriculture, electronics implanted in the body that never need battery changes, better contactless credit cards, and maybe even new ways for satellites to communicate, end quote. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. Grant money helped amateur radio grow in new directions last year. Here's a short accounting from Cell MB, KB3TZD. The private foundation, known as Amateur Radio Digital Communications, continued to spread its support for ham radio and broader communication science and technology during 2022. According to the annual report released at its community meeting on January 21st, ARDC distributed 101 grants totaling $8 million last year. It expanded support across international borders, with 13% of that grant money going to programs outside the United States. Meanwhile, ARDC's plans for the year ahead include providing funds for 95 scholarships. 13 of those will be going to support women who are pursuing degrees in STEM studies. ARDC's 2022 survey of 44 net usage drew a response that exceeded its expectations, more than 1,700 replies. The system, also known as the AmperNet, or Amateur Packet Radio Network, is an internet network often used for scientific and digital purposes. ARDC also introduced its new technical director. John Kemper, KA6NVY, came on board at the ARDC in October of 2022. The California Amateur brings a strong background of engineering and management experience. This is Cell MB, KB3, TZD. 
In western Pennsylvania, some emergency responders are in for a big surprise. And that's the whole idea behind their next exercise. We find out why from Randy Sly, W4XJ. As amateur radio operators, we are supposed to plan for emergencies, but we can never plan on emergencies. That's why such events as the ARRL Simulated Emergency Tests, or SETs, are good. But participants still know ahead of time when and where an activity will take place. So the Southwest District Skywarn team of Western Pennsylvania is building the element of surprise into their upcoming training exercise. Sometime before the next SET, on April 1st, they will have an unexpected weather exercise initiated by the Pittsburgh National Weather Service office. When Skywarn is activated, they will then be told how serious the weather event is, whether there is internet or cell service, and the status of power. From then on, spotters will be deployed and begin their work, just as in an actual emergency. Eddie Mashevitz, KB3YRU, president of the group, told AR Newsline that the unexpected is always part of a normal activation and that hams will be better prepared for an actual emergency when their training begins with, surprise, this is a test. This is Randy Sly, W4XJ. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the KB9 LPP repeater in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, on Saturdays at 9 a.m. and on Echolink. Hams in South Africa who activate summits throughout the country are planning to celebrate 20 years of those activations. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, tells us what they have in mind. Activators of Summits on the Air in South Africa are marking 20 years in the program by urging all participants to either hunt or activate a summit on the 18th of February. Activators will be posting their proposed times on their WhatsApp group and Facebook page of ZS-SOTA. South Africa became part of SOTA on January 1st, 2003, when the first two summits were activated by Andrew Ruse, then using callsign ZS-1AN. On that day, Andrew, now callsign ZS-5U, operated CW from Lion's Head, SOTA number ZS-WC-058 and McClare's Beacon, SOTA number ZS-WC-043. All hams who participate in the 20th anniversary activity will receive a commemorative certificate. This is Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. Young amateurs hoping to spend part of their summer in Hungary at YOTA camp have until the end of the month to apply, as we hear from Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Young amateurs who live in IARU Region 1 have until the 28th of February to apply for the Youth on the Air summer camp. The camp will take place from the 5th to the 12th of August in northwest Hungary near the border with Austria and Slovakia. Organisers are advising prospective campers to get in touch with their local IARU youth coordinator to learn how to apply. There are spots open for 100 campers. 
guest teams will be able to attend from regions two and three. One of the main goals of the camp is to train young amateurs to arrange for youth activities in their home countries and get other young people interested in amateur radio. This year is the 11th edition of the camp and it is being operated with the help of the Hungarian Amateur Radio Society, MRASZ. The IARU Youth Working Group works closely with youth coordinators to arrange for the camp to be held. Previous year's camps have been hosted by Bulgaria, Croatia and South Africa. Anyone who has questions may write to the organisers at youth at iaru-r-figure1.org. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Hams in India, who specialize in helping lost family members get back home recently, assisted with just such a reunion. Here's Graham Kemp, VK4BB, with that report. In India, a man with hearing and speech impairments and a history of wandering from home when under stress was reunited with his family with the help of amateur radio operators. The involvement of the amateur radio operators from Kolkata ended a long search by the family of the 58-year-old man who turned up at the religious pilgrimage known as the Gangasa Mela last month. The Mela was held about 100 kilometres south of Kolkata, which is headquarters to the West Bengal Radio Club whose hams assist every year to ensure safety and communications at the pilgrimage. The hams noticed the man was in distress, but because of his challenges, they could not communicate successfully with him. According to local media, he turned out to be from Kaman in the Indian state of Telangana. Members of the club received special training in helping communicate with individuals who may be unable to speak or in cases where there is a language barrier. The club secretary, Ambarish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, said that the man's responses to certain photographs helped them to determine the region where he resides. By late January, the mystery was solved. The man, who had been moved to living quarters at a local mission, was successfully identified and his family contacted by the police. Ambarish Nagbiswas was able to then communicate with the man with the help of Rom Mahan Suri. VU2MYH, Director of the National Institute of Amateur Radio, who can speak the man's language, Telugu. Arrangements were made for his son to retrieve him and return him home. D. Bas Mundal, VU3ZII, assisted in his transfer back to his family with the help of the police. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. In the world of DXB, listening for the UN Global Service Center Amateur Radio Club 4U1GSC, using the call sign 4U13FEB for the month of February. The special call is on the air to promote World Radio Day, which is marked on the 13th of February. The club is based in Brindisi, Italy, QSL via 9A2AA, either direct or by the Bureau. Be listening for Alex K6VHF, who is using the call sign K6VHF slash HR9 from Rotan Island, IOTA number NA057 until the 15th of February. Alex is operating FT8, RIDI, and some SSB and CW on 80 to 10 meters. QSL via club logs OQRS, LOTW, or direct to his home call. Francois F8 DVD is on the air as TM20AAW from the 10th to the 24th of February and will participate in the 20th Antarctic Activity Week, which takes place from the 19th to the 26th of the month. He's operating from France. QSL via LOTW or via home call, direct or by the Bureau. 
Listen for Bernard, DL2GAC, who is on the air from the Solomon Islands until the 8th of May. His call sign is H44MS and is operating from Malaysia. IOTA number OC047 until late April. Listen for him on 80 to 6 meters where he will be using SSB and some FT8. QSL to his home call, direct or via the Bureau. He will upload his log to Club Log and LOTW when he returns home. You don't have to be a fan of American football to appreciate our final story this week. You just need to be a fan of radio. Here's Ralph Squalacci, KK6ITB, to explain. If you're a fan of American football, you might think all the excitement would be centered around State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, for the big game on Sunday, February 12th. If you're a fan of radio, however, you know that the Super Bowl isn't the only spot where the action is. This is the year the NFL... The National Football League meets GMRS. The Arizona GMRS Repeater Club decided to open up access to its general mobile radio service repeater for Super Bowl weekend. From Friday, February 10th through to Sunday, February 12th, any and all licensed GMRS operators who've come to town may use the repeater on 462.550 MHz, which is channel 15 on many radio models. The tone is 141.3 Hz, and the mode is narrowband FM. President Gary Hefley, whose GMRS call is WQUZ645, told Newsline in an email that on the weekends the repeater is not customarily open to non-members. It's where the club holds its general and training nets. When one of the club's members came up with the idea to open it up for Super Bowl visitors, the board agreed. Like more than half of more than 380 club members, Gary is also an amateur radio operator. His call sign is K7AZL. Everyone knows that in GMRS, like amateur radio and football, there are rules. As the club said in a recent press release, quote, This is a family-friendly repeater, so use your best judgment, even if your team loses. End quote. This is Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in? We are not talking about an advertising to your club's upcoming Hamfest or Field Day participation, but something that is out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to Amateur Radio Weekly, Amateur Radio Digital Communication, the ARRL, Austin Chronicle, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, DX-World.net, Eddie Meiswicks, KB3YRU, FCC425DX News, Gary Hefley, K7AZL, Greg Mosup, G0DUB, Hackaday, IARU, Region 1, John, VE1CWJ, Lloyd Colston, KC5FM, The Quarter Century Wireless Association, Radio World, Shortwave Radio.de, Steve Wright, EI5DD, William Franzen, VE4VR, Wireless Institute of Australia, WPSD Local 6, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all volunteer nonprofit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve 
Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York. And our news team worldwide, I'm Stephen Kinford, NAWB in Wadsworth, Ohio, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is a copyright 2023. All rights reserved.